This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So do want to bring in our next guest um, at this hour because he is certainly well known um, in the venture capital world. He was an early VC um, investor from Patrickoff & Co. to Apex Partners to today. He's the founder and managing director of Graycroft. It has about a billion dollars under management, and he has helped build and grow such companies as AOL, Office Depot, Apple, so many different companies. Alan joins us uh, on the phone in New York from Southampton. Um, Alan, nice to have you here with us. First of all, I hope you are well, your family as well. We did actually get to speak with your son, Mark, last week. Yep, he told you to him about sports. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And streaming, yeah, and streaming and politics things. and so many different things. You Patrickoffs, you guys are uh, <laughs> uh, very intellectually curious and uh, dare I say, uh, uh, corporately promiscuous in the best way. Alan, right? You get you have so many interests. Well, I've got three sons, and they all are very active. So we've yeah. got an active family. You you have been an active investor, and I first want to ask you, um, let's do big picture, how you see this virus, because it has certainly upended our world as we know it uh, on every different uh, or from every different angle. Um, how do you see it? How do you see the stimulus that's being talked about in Washington? And, and can you even start to think about the other side of it when we get through it? Well, listen, it's very obvious. This has been, a, 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 I think, close. I don't know how you can call anything less than devastating to certainly small growing businesses, uh, you know, to the companies that are larger, the IBMs, the Microsofts of the world, uh, they can withstand it. Apple, people with, with great balance sheets and lots of cash on hand, they'll be, you know, they'll weather this fine. The real challenge is to the smaller companies, uh, even small below the venture capital level, the local businesses with small shops and small uh, whether they're uh, industrial-type uh, companies or, or retail or consumer service, they're all being severely uh, affected. Uh, and, I, you know, and that's, and that's going to be here for the next 30, 60, 90 days. I mean, this, this uh, peak point we keep hearing, first it was April 9th, then it was April 15th, then April 30th, and now we don't know when the date is where it's going to peak. But it, it, I think we're in for a... A difficult time going forward. And so, Alan, what does that mean for, you know, you, you mentioned that the, the big firms are, are resilient. Tell us more about smaller companies because, you know, they have less wiggle room. You know, some of them don't have those fortress balance sheets that big companies do. What's the mood among, you know, the smaller companies that we know you're in touch with? Well, yeah, which is my area of focus. There's right. no question. Smaller companies are in a very disadvantageous position uh, unless they have a very strong cash position uh, and not a lot of debt. Uh, they are going to be under severe pressure. And even if they have cash, if you don't have enough cash on hand to, for 6 to 12 months at least, uh, you're going to have real concerns in, a, in a, an environment where raising money is going to be harder than it's been and it's never easy. Uh, I think that you've, you have already seen immediately uh, significant layoffs, and I think you're going to continue to see that. I would expect the unemployment figures are going to uh, increase dramatically even further tomorrow, uh, and I, I think we're going to be seeing that for the next couple of weeks till we get to a, 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 a level point in the business world. Forget about leveling off and the uh, flattening off of the, of the virus curve. I think the uh, problem in 
business layups, it's, it's just not – people are doing it gradually. They're not all acting fast. But, frankly, the, the secret to staying alive here is to take quick action and to not sit and contemplate and study the problem too long. I think that uh, one has to get a business in a financial shape very quickly, and which means cutting your expenses and realistically reassessing what your revenue uh, expectations can be in this environment and you know which customers you have are going to survive, who is going to pay you, and uh, managing your cash. What does that mean for your portfolio companies? I mean, you're invested in gaming, fintech, healthcare, software, publishing. I mean, you're in so many different areas, healthcare. Um, what does it mean for your portfolio companies? What are you saying to them? Um, what are your expectations in terms of their survival? Well, I, I, we're across the board, as you just said. I mean, clearly, if you're in the right areas of healthcare, you're okay. If you have any kind of service that's uh, perform from the home. Uh, you mentioned a gaming where a company called Scopely, another one called Dot. Both of those are game companies that people pay on play online. They're doing very well in this environment. We have a, two a home uh, delivery grocery companies, one called Thrive Markets, which is kind of a, a, a better, a, a less costly thri- uh, Whole Foods. And then we have another company called Box, which is doing bulk deliveries, which is a even cheaper Costco. So uh, those companies are doing well and, uh, and are hiring people and can't meet, meet up with the demand. Uh, we have companies that are dealing with special aspects of, of the public market, uh, building portfolios on, on, online. They're doing very well. Uh, so I think it really is uh, uh, selective. And if you're in a retail store chain, you've got a lot of problems. Fortunately, we don't have too many companies that are in the retail area. Most of our companies are in e-commerce that are selling merchandise, and so far, those seem to be holding up. But everybody uh, has got to look, take a, a new look at their budget for this year and say, realistically, you know, I can't just expect a, what I call a cascade of miracles, which is everything's going to be, be all right and everything's going to turn out well. And, and I, uh, I think you've got to prepare for, you know, a, a really severe thunderstorm uh, and perhaps a hurricane. Still with us, Alan Patrickoff, founder, managing director of Great Croft Ventures. Carol did a nice summary of his long four-decade career uh, in the world of tech finance, uh, backing well-known companies, still in the business of startups very much. Alan joins us on the phone from the Hamptons, where I trust uh, a lot of people are. Alan, what's it like out there? Well, it's not uh, Times Square, but I think people are following the rules and staying secluded. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, we're in my home and uh, very tight and not having visitors and not visiting anyone else. So we're like everyone else is following the rules. There are a limited number of cars uh, on the road, and there are uh, the only people that are open are the restaurants, which uh, are served, have takeout at night uh, and, a, and a drugstore. But other than that, everything is shut down. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. Quiet. Well, normally, uh, in in a normal part of a normal year, uh, certainly 2020, a presidential uh, election year, we would certainly be talking to you in a different context about the political world. We'd be looking ahead to the Democratic Convention. You obviously have backed a lot of Democrats over the years. What do you make of the political landscape uh, in all of this? And, and what do you think happens from here, especially on the Democratic side? 
Well, uh, it's no secret I've been supporting Joe Biden since he announced and even before he did last March. Last March, actually, it's almost a year. And uh, I still am a very uh, loyal supporter and very enthusiastic about his uh, prospects for winning. I think he's got a difficult position, uh, sequestered uh, and uh, comparable to uh, Winston Churchill during World War II, sequestered in the war rooms underground. Uh, he's in his, his own mini TV studio and uh, not able to go out and campaign and do that famous thing in politics in which is touch people on their hands and their shoulders and, and greet people. And I guess that even when this starts getting better, that that possibility is going to end also. So it's going to be a different kind of campaigning, different uh, fundraising challenges is much greater because you can't have any live events. Everything's got to be virtual. Uh, and it's, it's not as easy to stimulate uh, high donors uh, in a virtual environment. I think it's not a problem for uh, most online uh, small donors. They, they've been doing that regularly since last year, and he's had some very good online months. Uh, I, I'm not uh, familiar with what they did in March, but certainly uh, going into that month, they were, had, had record weeks uh, until this thing happened. So uh, I think it's a... It's a challenging environment. I think Joe is still a candidate who's going to prevail, uh, and I'm loyal, and I will stay that way, and I will be uh, act, doing everything I can actively. I think in a congressional sense, uh, I think the, the phones uh, ring off the hook uh, daily in terms of congressional uh, people who are running for Congress all over the country who have every uh, name on a list that they can cold call, and... Uh, they have no hesitation, and so I think that it's a real challenge for everybody on a local as well as a national level level to get the, to raise the funds and get their message across. Even even more importantly, Alan, how you know in any normal year with an economy tanking, one would think the incumbent doesn't even stand a chance politically. But this is a year unlike any other. You know, there's been folks, including the president, have talked about it as like we're in a war, you know, a health war. Um, And I'm wondering how you think the economy, the handling of the virus, the virus itself will ultimately impact the outcome. I mean, you understand the political world uh, better than most. So how do you think all of this will ultimately impact the outcome? I think it's, uh, first of all, Donald Trump was running on the basis of having a very, very strong economy. And, a, and we all know how many times he referred to the stock market uh, uh, as a sign of his success. I think that that uh, line, that logo line, that buzzword is really going away. And I think that he certainly can't point to that. On the other hand, uh, in all fairness, I don't think anyone could ever have anticipated what is happening now, whether it's a month later or, or not. Uh, the decline that's taking place is so dramatic that the economy's success is is going to be far less a factor than it might have been otherwise. I think that uh, so you get back to the, how the how the uh, healthcare uh, issue is is handled is front and center. Uh, but I think you come back to before we get there in September and even if they excuse me in November, uh, even before you get there there's going to be a chance to see these two candidates uh, head-to-head in some fashion 
uh, even if they're standing on a stage with no one in the room. And we're going to get a good sense of who these people are. And I think that Joe is will come out uh, on top in terms of his his style, his knowledge of, of domestic and foreign affairs, his, uh, his ability to cross the bipartisan divide. And I think that that's where he will show himself. And uh, uh, our president, current president, will, mm. I think, bluster and, and, and exaggerate and make lots of claims. And uh, I think we're going to have to live with that and, you know, calling people uh, names that he'll create. Uh, it was just the style where we've all, you know, gotten used to over the last four years. And uh, hopefully the public will see through that. I, 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 think, I think we've all come to realize who the real Donald Trump is. And I think the real Joe Biden, everybody has known for 40 years, 30 years, uh, 40 years probably, and uh, uh, know the kind of man he is and the character he has and the compassion he has. And I think that will show through when two of them are standing on a stage together. I'm sure Donald Trump will do everything he can not to be on that stage with him. But I don't think in the end he'll have have a choice in that. Alan, right. you think you think we will get to a point, though, where they're both sharing a stage again? I mean, we're all kind of waiting to see what happens or whether there's a second wave of all of this. But you do foresee that ultimately by I'll November debate. we'll be in a situation where we can have two candidates safely uh, on a stage despite the virus. Well, well, they might. Be. I don't know if they'd be safe even if there were no virus. Uh, <laughs> right. And so, Alan, um, I do want to ask you something we've been asking all of our um, all of our guests, especially those with a lot of experience like you have uh, in the market. What changes on the other side of this? Maybe something that is underappreciated. How does the world change, and especially through the lens that you look at uh, as an investor? I, I like that question. It's a very good question. It's, it's absolutely where we should all be thinking. Of. How is the world going to be different whenever this ends? And I think it's going to have some profound differences. First of all, I think we've all learned to work virtually. Uh, what's the implication going to be for uh, high-rise office buildings and clusters enormous clusters of, of uh, office workers, particularly doing uh, uh, standard functions, uh, whatever the, whether it's the insurance industry, the banking industry, whatever it else, uh, we don't need, you know, 100,000 square foot, possibly will not need that. Uh, maybe the top people, people who are doing uh, decision-making need to get together. But I think that will change in how our work, I think we've all gotten used to being home. We may get used to a four-day work week, who knows? I think we've, we will also have a much greater appreciation, I hope, for the medical profession and what's being done and what is being done. And that includes nurses, doctors, uh, I would assume dentists included, the uh, EMT group, uh, our, our safety people who are making enormous sacrifices. And I, I think people will have a greater, a greater understanding. I think thirdly, I think we're all learning to... You know, as a family, as family groups, we're learning to learning about each other and learning how to that the family meal is a tradition that maybe will be restored again. And I think that uh, there may be a kinder, uh, better world. And I don't mean to be, you know, too over uh, schmaltzy in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, motherhood. Uh, but I think uh, I, I think that's a possible, a very probable outcome. Another thing I think, which is probably not as good, is I think that we're going to become more and more nationalistic. I think uh, there has been a 
strong trend even before this happened, uh, our president being the leader of it, but also Boris Johnson in, in England, uh, what's happening in Italy, what's happening in a lot of countries who are becoming more isolated, more uh, less globalist, and I think that that's uh, going to change the, the nature of our, of our whole uh, society, international society. And I, it comes at a time where we need cooperation for the climate, which I think everybody realizes even now, maybe when they're outdoors more, is, is an important thing that's worth saving. And, and it's going to be a lot harder when we have a lot of countries who are all, the, all they're going to focus on is, is their own self-interest. They'll be less importing. Uh, there'll be more of a trend to try to manufacture at home and not depend on other people, whether it's oil or whether it's electronic components. So I think there are going to be a lot of changes, and that's things we should be thinking about. How How is this world going to look like when we come out of this uh, pit that we're in? So this is like the perfect way to end, but I have to ask one follow-up. Will it impact? It sounds like obviously it will impact maybe your investing going forward. Yeah, I think... Uh, Sure it is. I mean, we'll be looking at different kinds of companies that provide different kinds of services. And out of all uh, upheavals come new opportunities. And I think that's the way you have to look at it, that adversity brings opportunity. And it's for the, the, the wise, the astute, the, the uh, pioneers, the adventuresome who will take chances in new ideas, new technologies, new concepts to deal with the world that we're going to be living in, whether it's in June or September or, God forbid, it's, you know, even later. But, uh, you know, we all, yeah. we all like to see it happen sooner rather than later. Well, we wish you so well, Alan, and thank you so much um, for finding a, a nice chunk of time to spend with us and really get your insights. So do take care of yourself and your family. I'm delighted to have Alan Patrickoff with us, of course, um, the uh, founder and uh Uh, managing director of Graycroft, but really someone who's legendary within the venture capital world, Jason. And the political world, too. And political world, absolutely. You you heard it all there, the scope. uh, uh, You can tell why he has such smart boys. He's a good guy. Uh, In any case, uh, Alan Patrickoff, grateful to him.